When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome in to Hit That Line. I'm your host, Zach Barry. This show brought to you by the good folks at Homefield Apparel. We've had a bunch of people asking, have you got your Homefield Apparel stuff yet? Well, I think it shows that a lot of people wanted Homefield Apparel when the Olmus collection dropped because, man, they have been slammed with filling these orders. Mine is out for delivery, should be here, if not Saturday. It'll be here next week, just in time for Ole Miss, Alabama. If you want to get you some Ole Miss home field apparel, gear, some swag for hanging around the house, going out running errands. If you want to uh, get you some tab pad merch before Ole Miss basketball kicks off, go to homefieldapparel.com, search through the collections, find Ole Miss, and when you pick your items, be sure to use promo code TOC23. That'll give you 15% off your first order. That is homefieldapparel.com for all of your Ole Miss swag. Gentlemen, welcome into week three. This is kind of like Thanksgiving before Christmas because week four is an elite slate, but we are still here to pick games and to pick winners because we had ourselves quite the week Last week, Austin, Ben, Nick, good evening. Welcome in. What's up? Good to be here. This is a tough slate, but we're we're here. We're gonna do the thing. We are. We are going to do the thing. Let's uh let's get it cranked up. Um, eleven a.m. on Saturday, you have got LSU at Mississippi State on ESPN. Right now, it looks like the line has settled at nine and a half. The Bulldogs, the host Mississippi State Bulldogs, are getting nine and a half points. I feel like this is a game that is moderately close from the jump, but I think LSU is going to be too good across the board talent-wise. I think Jaden Daniels runs around enough to make plays and to uh, extend drives, all that good stuff. I, I the the change in offensive scheme is wild with how much Mississippi State runs the football now. I do not think they will have a ton of success running the football against LSU. 
And uh, I think this might be the week that maybe LSU wakes up and puts Harold Perkins on the edge to get after Will Rogers. But I like LSU here. Uh, I'm going to lay the points. I was told there yeah. wouldn't be a change in their offense. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I, I thought they still passed the ball a lot. Uh, Will Rogers has thrown 46 passes in two games. How he was many, throwing more than times, 46 last year in one game. That's what I was going to say. How many times did he throw more than 46 in a game? Nine, 10, 11 Hold on. last year? Let me, let me effort this. He only threw 17 it, against Arizona. 17. I, All right, you ready, I bet he didn't Nick? throw 17. I bet he threw more than 17 in a quarter a dozen times last year. Go ahead. Yeah. All right, let's run through it. Last year, these are pass attempts for Will Rogers. 49, 48, 42, 50, 45, 49, 37, <laughs> Two, 60, three. 59, 60. 51, 37, 39, 44. I mean, it was the 37 is <laughs> kind of low, I guess. 60 passes. He threw more than 50 like five times there. My man That's was 30 for 37 for 301 yards and five touchdowns against ETSU last year, mind you. I was but kind yeah. of afraid you were going to say it was against Ole Miss. <laughs> No, nah, he was 27 for 39 in that one. Yeah, they're running the ball more than 60% of their plays right now. Yeah, it's crazy. Jaquavius I mean, Marks I, is a good back, but... Uh, they're they're zagging where everyone else is, is, is zigging, <laughs> so whatever. I I, I, I mean, every, everyone in the world throws the ball all the time. I, if they want to run it, that's, that's fine by me, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they needed overtime last week after forcing, what, five turnovers? Four and it, for sure. I think it was, was four, was four interceptions, four I believe. Yeah. Four pick. Oh, yeah. they had the fumble. They had the fumble. Um, so look, yeah, I mean, if y'all I, are not going to do it, I'm going to lock in something here. So I'm, give me, <laughs> give me oh. under. I'm going to take the under. I, I want to lay the points with LSU, but they did not look, they haven't looked great yet this year. I know they had a great a, pick, a blowout last weekend, but I guess FSU, they got embarrassed in the fourth quarter. But I, I just think they can look. So, Against Arizona State was plus four in turnovers, as we said. Um, they had three drives that started within the fifty, within on their own side of the fifty. So uh, they just had layups, and they still could not put Arizona away. Arizona had seven more first downs than them. They outpassed State by one hundred and eighty yards. Um, Arizona, which is crazy, when they weren't turning the ball over, looked like the better team for most of that game. So I don't see how State scores here. LSU, we saw against Florida State. They can be had through the air. You can beat LSU over the top. Their corners are not impressive for the first time maybe in our lifetimes. It looks like they don't have a pro back there. But I don't think State can exploit that. Um, Rogers, current ADOT, Zach, you linked this in the group text the other day. Mm -hmm. Average depth of target, ADOT, right? His is 5.1 yards. That's that's good for 120th out of 126 eligible quarterbacks. So. Mm. They don't attack downfield. They don't have a vertical passing game. I don't think they can exploit LSU over the top. I don't think they have any interest in doing it. I think they're going to try to run the ball, punt, and play defense. Um, on the other side, State's defense is adequate. They're not great. But I think they can stifle LSU enough to keep us under 55. I think it's going to be 31-13 LSU, 31-20 uh, LSU. Both of those get us under the number. So uh, under 55. I just want to comment and say, I mean, I piggyback all what you said, but LSU being nine and a half point favorites, when Vegas doesn't really love them, mm -hmm. I mean, they're not like enamored with them. They didn't have them top five like the preseason polls did. They had them in that like 
16 to 20 range, and that's kind of where they've got them right now too. That says a lot about MSU. So they'd be, what, 15, 16-point favorites if this game was at LSU? That's a lot of points for a team not named Alabama or Georgia to be favored over you by. I mean, that that I think that says a lot about MSU here and what they're going to do. I don't I don't think they're going to be able to run against LSU front. Ultimately, LSU's – I mean, they're still pretty talented up front. I, I understand they've – Mason Smith yeah. back now. Yep. Yeah, it was just a one-game thing, wasn't it, for him? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I didn't see much of their game last week against Grambling. I assume he probably had a pretty good game. Uh, he, you know, he's a big guy up front. I, I don't think they're going to have a lot of success running against LSU. This under here is a great play, though. Agree on the under. I don't really know what to make of the line because, you know, part of me thinks that, uh, I mean, that it's just going to be, you know, played in the mud and and just rock fight slow. I mean, which is so weird considering what State's been for the past few years under the Pirate. But I, um, I like the under pick. I don't – I'm going to take the points. I'm not locking anything in, but – you know, just given the the style of play right now, LSU's not been great. State gets them at home. But what negates that a little bit, you know, the home field advantage is an 11 a.m. kickoff. You know, mm, really, the right. it, it comes into more more to play like, you know, 2.30 or later, really, the night game. Right. But 11 a.m. It's, it's dub season, too. So Yeah, so <laughs> true, true. People do forget that. I mean, I was going to say, I don't know if it was said sarcastically, but it, it was meant like <laughs> real like it, it, no it actually is dove season and i do know actual msu fans that are dove hunting this weekend no not oh, me too football game. me too me too they'll be watching it from the dove blind so 100 um, anyway um give me uh i'm gonna take the points if for no other reason to be contrarian i don't really know i mean this nine and a half point game it that in line that's that's just a big number at home in the morning to an LSU team that's just not great. Uh, just give me the older quarterback, and I'll take my chances. I mean, this is not a it's not a game that I would play. I don't think on the spread, but I will likely take the under in in real life. Yep, love it. I uh, I I too would do that if I was betting real paper money. Yeah. Um. All right. Staying at eleven a.m. Over on SEC Network, we've got a Big 12. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I guess an old Big 12 rivalry, Big 12 SEC matchup at Farrow Field in Columbia, Missouri. Number 15, Kansas State travels to Mizzou. The Tigers got all they could handle from MTSU last week. The Blue Raiders had the football with a chance to drive down and win the game. Could not get it done. I just do not see what, if anything, Missouri could do to make me fear them at this point. Um, they at least throw the ball to Luther Burden. That's cool. Um, I'm going to go ahead and lock this one in. K-State. No. I can get it at – You wouldn't stop talking. I can, <laughs> I can get it at three and a half. Um, what? Who? Where? FanDuel. Bet oh, MGM. I, was gonna, I, I had four, and I, I just – Call me Joe Public. Call me a square here. I don't. I can't. How Kansas State's winning this game by six or ten points? Yeah, I. Somebody could, you know, if you want to be a contrarian here, you could say, "Well, Zach, the line's really low. There's got to be a reason for that." I have no idea why this line is so low. Maybe people are looking at the style of play 
that K State, you know, they're 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 kind of a, honestly, K State plays a lot like what Mississippi State is trying to play like right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they actually you, have the personnel to do it. They do, and yeah, and the and the coaching pedigree. I mean, how long has he been doing that for? Decade. Yeah, and Ben mentioned taking the older quarterback, and uh, Will Howard uh, is an experienced dude under center. I feel like he's going to be ready on the road and it's not like Faro field is a raucous environment by any means, especially at 11 AM. Like we just said for the LSU state game. Um, yeah. I just think Kansas state's the better team. This just, you know, maybe it's fishy with the line being what it is, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to get too in the weeds with that and just pick the better quarterback, the better team, the better coach. I've said my piece at Kansas state. I, again, there's probably a reason, and everyone's saying like, "Whoa, why is this line so low?" I, there's there's probably a reason for it, and, I, and and I'll lose. But like, sometimes you just got to go with your gut. Can't say it's a better football team than Missouri, who looks like kind of a like bordering on a bad football team at this point. Yeah, and I, I don't think Kansas State is that. I just I think that Kansas State style of football that they play travels. Doesn't really have to travel all that far. So the next state over, it's what you know, probably three four hours between. Uh, Manhattan and uh, Lawrence, I'm sure that, you know, or from Manhattan and Columbia. So I'm sure there'll be some K-State fans there. That That's how football travels. I don't I don't see this one being all that close. I just don't think Missouri is very good. I did see some weird stuff. They're having to bus in, apparently, because the airport in Manhattan's like, under construction or something. So they're they're busing over. But like you said, Nick, it'd be different if they were busing to Los Angeles. I mean, they're, they're just it's a state over. It can't be that far. I mean, my, here's my question. Were they – you do they normally fly that? That seems like a really short flight. I think so. I think they would have, but um look, I can't add much. Y'all, I completely agree right down to the fact that this line stinks, which is why I'm staying away from it. it. But, but Zach, I think, summed it up perfectly when he said better quarterback, better coach, better roster, short number. K State won forty to twelve last year. Forty to twelve. Now they don't have Deuce Vaughn anymore, but but is, was Deuce Vaughn and home field advantage? Was he worth twenty eight points? Like I don't, I don't think he was worth that much. Another, yeah, and another thing to consider, they whipped, absolutely mauled a good Troy team last week. Yeah. So, but, by the way, it's three hours and fifty four minutes between the two campuses. Like, so subtle about money to spend Kansas State. <laughs> I mean, jeez. I mean. I, 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 if Ole Miss ever that. flies to Vandy, I'm going to – I mean, come on. They got that Dude. long money up in the little apple, Nick. So, Kansas State's – they've not played anybody yet, but they do have 20 TFLs on the season already. That's so many. Jeez. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, they're number one defense in the country against the run. Now, they have played SEMO and Troy, but Troy's good. I mean, that's a mm. good program, good mm. team. Troy – I mean, you know, compare – Let's just call Troy Middle Tennessee equals, which I don't know that that's necessarily true, but let's just call it that. Think about what Kansas State did to Troy compared to what Missouri did to Middle in Como. I just mm-hmm. give. I, I think that the line, frankly, stinks because it just is too it good to be true. Yeah. It, it, but but, but Vegas, Vegas doesn't win every time. I mean, Vegas no, they don't. No, they it, don't. It's very possible that the line stinks and they just stunk on this one. 
Well, in Vegas is as we've said a thousand times, and again, if you're listening to a gambling podcast, you probably know this stuff. But Vegas line is is reactive to money movement, one direction right. or the other, too. So, you know, yeah. as you all know, this is not a prediction of the game necessarily. This is where they're trying to minimize exposure in some cases, or in many. Yeah, cases. they just so, collect the juice, right? So, uh, um, yeah, yeah. I, this I, is I'm not. This is not your granddad's Troy State normal school either. I mean, that's right. John Summerall's got a decent program over there now. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and like Simo so yeah. again, FCS team, but like it's not the worst FCS team in the world. No, and yeah, I was shocked at how bad they whipped Troy last week. I, I thought Troy would put up a little bit more of a fight. And again, forty what was what did I say forty five points for K State. That's that's putting up some points. All right. Speaking of putting up points. 230 CBS. We have got the Gamecocks and the Bulldogs. Uh, do they have a name for this rivalry game? I, I've I thought about that earlier. I don't think they actually do. Um, wait, what's clean one, old fashioned hate? That is Georgia and Georgia Tech. Tech, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. okay, good point. The oldest rivalry in the south is Georgia Auburn. Yeah, that's right. I do know this South Carolina fans, not big fans of Georgia. <laughs> Nope, they hate them. Um, <laughs> we uh, actually ordered uh, the kiddos some swag because they had grown out of the stuff from the previous years and ordered some stuff from uh, Gamecock Traditions, and they sent uh, Beat Georgia stickers in the package. So. <laughs> um, I'm trying to – there's no Wikipedia, at least to my knowledge, of this rivalry, so maybe there's not an official name. All right. I don't think it's going to matter what the name of the rivalry game is. Uh, I like Georgia to win. The number is 27 and a half. Um, mm, I have a feeling. 27 and a half in the games yeah, in it, Athens, obviously. It, it, yes, it is. Um, now, I, I mind you, this is not a look ahead spot because they have UAB next week. Because if you haven't taken a look at Georgia's schedule, it is softer than expletive soft object here. Yeah, um, and it's really, really soft early because like the, their two toughest games – or in back-to-back weeks, Ole Miss, Tennessee. And that's in November. November, yeah. Um, that's uh, We've talked about this a lot, Nick. It's why the ticket prices for the November 11th game with Ole Miss are so high because it's going to be their best home game. Um, I d- Y'all are probably going to say I'm an idiot or maybe a homer or I- I'm, I'm letting my marriage cloud my judgment here. Give me South Carolina to cover this. I don't think South Carolina is good, but I think that they're going to be good enough with Rattler and Xavier Leggett to at least score 17, 20 points. Maybe I'm insane. This this schedule gives me vibes of Georgia last year where they just kind of coasted and had a couple scares. I'm not saying South Carolina is going to scare them. I don't think South Carolina wins, but 27 and a half is a lot for an sec east matchup i i I, i'm not locking it in i'm taking them to cover that is there anywhere you can give me 28 (laughs) efforting yeah okay go ahead Um, so it's all 27 and a half rattler's not going to be the problem it's the offensive line that's so bad yeah um i mean they were bad against north carolina they were bad against anyway this is not – I'm going to have to lay the points. My, the one 
the one concern I've got is Georgia's offensive coordinator is Mike Bobo again, and he's just <laughs> yeah. terrible. I mean, everybody talks about how bad Georgia looks. It's because of Bobo. I mean, let's just be real. Um, Why but did they hire him? I, I don't know. And it's the second time there. It's like they didn't learn their lesson the first time. But, <laughs> um, get, I'm going to lay on it. But this is, this is just like absolute degeneracy. I, there's nothing – there's nothing good about, I mean, because Georgia's either going to win by 24 or 31 and you're going to be sweating the entire time. So, um, at the same time, it could be 45 to nothing. What was the score last year in this game? 48, seven, 48, seven. That's yeah. the largest, See, vic- largest margin of victory in this series. Yeah. I, that confirms it for me. I'm going to lay the points. I agree with Ben here. And, and for, for largely the same reasons, I would have to lay the, the points. I mean, <laughs> South Carolina, their offensive line has been awful. North Carolina had nine sacks against South Carolina in the opener, and they couldn't protect Rattler last week either against Furman. And um, it's not like Rattler's a statue. No, I mean, not at all. And he's, he's played, an athletic guy. Yeah. He's played pretty well, but he's dealing with a jailbreak every time the ball is snapped. I, I, you know, this is not the defensive line to have to face when you have absolutely no pass protection. Now, I will say this. Georgia doesn't necessarily excel at rush, rushing the passer. Their sack numbers are actually pretty, they pretty pedestrian. Have, do you know they how many they have the so far? How many? They have zero sacks yeah, in two games. Yeah. Now, they do get pressure on the quarterback, though, and they absolutely shut down the run game. So uh, my guess is this is the game where Georgia's D-line gets right and they start to log some sacks. Uh, just because South Carolina can't protect, man. They can't protect against anybody, much less blue-chip players on the other side of the ball. Um, the other thing, you know, I, you would think with Kirby and Beamer's relationship, it seems to be pretty good. They work together, I think, right, in the national championship uh, staff a few years ago, or at least on the, the team that played for the title a few years back. Yeah. But that didn't seem to stop him from running it up last year. So – for whatever reason, Kirby seems to like the guy and also be inclined to whip his ass whenever they play. So I, I would have to lay the 27 and a half if I do anything here. Okay. One thing to note, I'm not saying this is going to change the, the win-loss column result, but Juice Wells is cleared to play. Um, He is their best weapon on offense outside of Xavier Leggett, so... They will have uh, him back. And then in terms of a nickname for this uh, game, there is something called the Border Bash. It is an annual event held in Augusta, Georgia, on the banks of the Savannah River, celebrating the rivalry. It is held on the Friday prior to the game, and it's supported by numerous business and private sponsors from both sides of the river and uh, regularly draws close to 10,000 fans from both fan bases and proceeds are used to support numerous children's charities from around the CSRA through the Border Bash Foundation. So how about that? Border Bash, you learned something new. Yeah. I um I, I'm actually inclined to go towards South Carolina a little bit here. I mean, I listen, I acknowledge they've given up a lot of sacks. I acknowledge that's a bad thing against a, a Georgia front that is if they haven't shown it yet, they're probably still pretty talented. But I just kind of think they're gonna put put up like 10 to 14 points. And I don't think Georgia's breaking yeah. like 35 here. Um, so, yeah, like you said, you know, Austin, either they're winning by 24 or 31. Either way, you're sweating it. I, I just think it's going to be like 24. I don't think that South Carolina is going to like beat them or anything, 
But Georgia is, I mean, listen, they didn't do it last year, but but I get it. They won the title. But I'm saying they almost lost that game to Missouri, right? And then they played that game against Ohio State in the playoff and almost lost. If they lose those two games, how much differently are we thinking of that Georgia team? And, again, if you could change two outcomes of games, uh, you know, Ole Miss would be whatever. But point is, is that if you do change the two outcomes of those games, we're talking – totally differently about Georgia. They're not the two-time defending national champions. They lost to Missouri last year. They were this close to not being national champs and not be, you know, being a two-loss team. I think they're a little bit fallible still, and I definitely worry a little bit about that offense, especially without the playmakers they had last year. So, I'm, I mean, again, if I could ever get it at 28, I might lock it in, but at this point, I'm just I'm, – I may circle back, but for now, I'm just taking plus 27 and a half. I forgot to mention, too, Kirby's doing that weird thing where he's trying to find angles to motivate his team, and he's just, like, imagining disrespect around every corner. Did y'all see this where he criticized the South Carolina player who at SEC Media Days was asked about the most hostile environments he played in? And the guy was like, I don't know, Texas A&M was pretty hostile, and I can't even remember what he said, but he didn't say Georgia. And Kirby, like, specifically called that out in his press conference this week. Good Lord. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Oh, Kirby. Um, Georgia just constantly disrespected. Yeah, the guy probably hadn't no even played it at, at UGA. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. He he probably was like out that game and has no idea. I mean, he's they only played there two years ago. It was probably 11 a.m. kick or something. Okay. The only other notable SEC matchup this week before we get into the rest of our locks. Number 11, Tennessee traveling. To the swamp, six o'clock ESPN. I uh I'm a, I'm gonna keep this one brief. I like the balls here. I am seeing what am I getting here? Yeah, it's six. I'll lay the points with the balls. I we've talked about it enough. We did preseason, we reacted after the Utah game. I don't think Florida's very good. And I don't care if it's in Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. I don't think the swamp is what it used to be. Um, yeah, it's a night game. Yeah, Tennessee normally doesn't play well there at night. I'm throwing all that out the window. I like Josh Heupel. I still think this Tennessee team has a lot of intrigue and a, a lot of potential to win nine games um, and then maybe screw around and, and catch a bounce and win 10. But I think that they're going to be perfectly fine on the road. Graham Mertz doesn't scare me whatsoever. And uh, I like Joe Milton to probably throw an errant pass at some point and hit someone that's not paying attention in the crowd. But, um, yeah, I like Tennessee to win. I like them to cover six. I don't think that Florida is very good at all. There's not much to say about that. The, the line being six seems a little low. Um, I guess it would be like 12, 13 points if this was in Knoxville. But, I mean, I don't know. I still think, like I said, Tennessee is still a pretty good football team. I don't know that Florida's figured it out. Uh, worried a little bit last week when we watched what Utah did to Baylor. They struggled a good bit. What did that say about Florida? I mean, I don't think Florida's going to be able to put up enough points to keep the, within six. So since 1971, which is as far back as I could find it, this is the largest spread in a Tennessee-Florida game with Tennessee being favored. So, uh, Tennessee's wow. never been favored by six or more. At Goodness Florida. gracious. Uh, oh, at Florida. At Florida. At Florida, yeah. Okay. Um, so, I think that's telling. 
Um, but I'm, look, I'm, I'm with y'all. I don't, I don't see many reasons to like this Florida team. They, they had a lot of empty calories against Utah. Like late in the game, they threw the ball quite a bit and Mertz racked up some passing numbers, but it, they, they were meaningless and didn't, you know, didn't really impact the game at all. They were not able to run the ball against Utah at all. And if they can't run, I don't know what's like what's Florida's plan in this game. I mean, I assume Napier is going to want to shorten the game and try to grind one out. But if they can't run the ball, you're really going to trust Mertz to go tit for tat with Milton in this Tennessee offense. I don't know. I just I don't see a path to victory for them. At the same time, I don't like being on the other side of a historic, literal historic number. Um, so I want to take another way out here, and uh, it's a shitty card this week, so I've got to get some action on the, the prime games. I'm going to go under 59. I'm going to lock that in. Um, yeah. I don't see Florida scoring much at all. Look, Tennessee's offense gets all the pub, and rightfully so, but their defense has improved from last year. They're they're pretty stout on that side of the ball. Now they haven't faced you know great offensive competition yet this year, but I think their their run D is pretty strong, and I think that's what Florida's going to have to do is try to establish their, the ground game. Mm-hmm. I just think Tennessee's going to shut that down. We're going to be looking at a lot of three and outs and running clock, um, a lot of punts from the Florida side, and then Milton on the other side. This will be undoubtedly the most hostile environment he's played in in his career. Uh, swamp at night. Fans are going to be crazy. So, you know, I think even if Milton is is relatively successful, relatively effective, I still don't see them putting 40 on the board or anything like that. I think Tennessee plays in the low to mid-30s. I think Florida may not even get into the 20s. So, I don't know, let's call it 30 to 14, something like that. Pretty ugly game. Maybe Florida hangs for a half and uh, the home crowd keeps them in it. I just think late, late in the game, the better quarterback – the better skill players are gonna are gonna prevail, and honestly, I think Tennessee's got the better defense too. So, I just think they have too much ammo, too much firepower, and they're gonna be able to suffocate this anemic Florida offense. Florida's terrible. <clears throat> I'm gonna lock in Tennessee minus six. Mm. Yeah. The uh, line is also a little stinky, just because it seems a little too good to be true. But Florida ain't they just don't have the if Florida was wearing a different jersey, let's call it Kentucky, this line yeah. is 14. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, this is a helmet. They're getting too much respect because of their helmet. Probably from the public. I don't know what it opened at. Eight, seven, five, I don't know. But um, I'll, if I could get five and a half, I'll take it if y'all could find that. But uh, I'll play six and, unless I'm told otherwise. The College Corner is headed to Oxford. Stop by their new location in the Oxford Commons off Sisk Avenue. They'll have 4,000 square feet of Rebel gear ready for your trip to the Grove. On your next trip to Oxford, stop by the College Corner or our other great locations in Ridgeland and Flowood. Hats, shirts, polos, pullovers, sweats, T-shirts. College Corner has it all. And as always, you can visit us online at collegecornerstore.com. That's collegecornerstore.com. The College Corner, where your game day apparel meets. Are you looking at cutting your health insurance premiums by as much as 20 to 30%? Are you aging into Medicare and need help finding a Medicare supplement plan? 
Call Drew Moak of USA Benefits Group at 601-953-8449. Drew is an Ole Miss grad located in Mississippi and licensed in seven states. He works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage with access to 35 different carriers, and he can help you with any of your health insurance needs. From regular health plans to life insurance to dental and vision and even Medicare, he has it all covered. Now more than ever, it is critical to have a health insurance agent who is local and accessible. So call Drew Moak at 601 601- 953-8449 and get your free quote today. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Florida, they don't have <laughs> their quarterbacks bad. They're not get. They're not going to give Napier enough time. They're going to fire him at the end of the season, or I mean, maybe they give him yeah. next year. But I don't see that. And like we always said, they've only really won under two coaches ever. It's crazy. And, it's crazy. It really is. Yet, yet they get. I mean, and I say win loosely. They're going to be seven or eight win team. But people act like Florida's 10, 11, 12 wins every single year. That's happened under two coaches. And so Hall, Hall and, of Famers. And, they win when and, they have and a didn't Hall really of happen. It didn't happen consistently under Meyer. I mean, they went seven and six one year with Tebow or eight and five. Yeah. So so uh give me um yeah, I'm gonna take Tennessee. I, I think they're gonna you know, it'll I'm sure it'll be close to Florida end up winning now that I'm doing this, but um on paper, Tennessee's gonna exercise some demons in the uh mm-hmm. in the swamp. Four of Tennessee's past five road games have gone under the total. So that's good for you, oh, Austin. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I just don't see it, man. I, I just I don't believe in Florida whatsoever. I don't believe in Billy Napier. I, I I'm with Ben. I, I think his days are numbered. Um they are pushing hard on the recruiting trail. And I think that, that is the that is the reason because he knows what's coming. Um all right, so last one before we get into the rest of the locks. Georgia Tech at Ole Miss, 6.30 p.m. SEC Network right now. The line is 17 and a half. I'm seeing some 18. I'm seeing an 18 and a half. Um, I've gone back and forth on this, and, and maybe this is what 
you literally do anytime you handicap a college football game. Um, I can truly my my heart of hearts. I'm, I'm going with my brain though. I think this is a game that Ole Miss handles from the jump, wins. It's never in doubt, but I think Georgia Tech covers. I think Ole Miss gets out to a a healthy lead. They pull back a little. They start resting guys to get ready for Bama, um, which as an Ole Miss fan, you should be perfectly fine with that because next week is important. Um, I could just see this one being like a bad beat if you take Ole Miss to cover and Georgia Tech punches one in late in the fourth. Um, I, I could see this being like a 41-26 type game or something. Um, I, I think Ole Miss is going to make a concerted effort to run the football, get Quinshawn Juckins going, get the offensive line some confidence. And uh, even if they can't, if Brett Key wants to stack the box, I think Jackson Dart, who has more completions over 20 yards than anyone in the country, will make them pay over the top. Jordan Watkins, Dayton Wade. Um, <clears throat> Aiden Williams might have a big day with Trey Harris being out. Scary Franklin still working his way back. They're going to have to find some playmakers. Michael Trigg, hello. Nice of you to join us last week. Maybe you have another uh, another good showing. Um, yeah, I, I, I think Georgia Tech covers, but I think Ole Miss wins comfortably, and it's never in doubt. Um, so this is another... Another game where I'm, I'm, I tend to agree with most everything you said, except I think Ole Miss is going to end up covering, and I, I don't know that it's necessarily going to be because Ole Miss is trying to. I just think Georgia Tech is that bad. They, they, yeah. they took it to you know South Carolina State last week, but I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sick, and I actually watched the game, and Hell South yeah. Carolina State was terrible. I mean, they got blown out by Jackson State week one and Charlotte week two, and oh god, um, yeah, and they and they had a little bit of, I mean, got, ironically, got had a little bit, of, you know, they got biffed second quarter yeah. success against <laughs> uh, against Georgia Tech. They run the they run the like the it looks like a wishbone type option except out of the the shotgun uh, South Carolina State. So it doesn't even really That's give you dope. a good read on what Georgia Tech can do. Yeah, yeah. I you know <clears throat> they're just not very talented. Haynes King is a nice player, I guess, but uh, their quarterback. But you know, I think he transferred from Texas Tech, if I'm remembering right. A&M. But uh, 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 yeah, that's what I meant. A and M. Um, yeah, but Ole Miss cruises, and I, I agree with you, Zach. It's it's. I don't think it's ever going to be in doubt. But you know, it's it, Ole Miss wins by either sixteen or twenty three. And you're sweating it out at the end, so I'm not betting this one, but I'll I'll lean on the cover side. Yeah, I. Uh, one last thing before you go, Austin. Sorry, I forgot to mention they gave up over 220 yards rushing to Louisville, and I'd venture, I'd hazard a guess that Quinshawn Judkins, Jam Griffin, Ulysses Bentley are better running backs than what Louisville has. I've got no doubt that we have better backs than Louisville. I'm just concerned about whether we have a better offensive line than Louisville and whether our, our offensive staff and offensive coordinator can scheme up a game plan that can actually exploit those advantages. Um, I think we all have concerns after Tulane, and rightfully so. Um, 
I think Tulane's probably a little better than Georgia Tech. Uh, I don't know how much better. This is not the same Georgia Tech team from last year. That team last year was awful. Uh, Jeff Sims at quarterback, who is now throwing picks all over the place and turning the ball over for Nebraska. Um, so they upgraded at QB. I think this they're playing hard for their coach so far this year. They had you know, last year with Jeff Collins. I think we made them quit after that game. Um, they seem to have bought it in. Um, I don't think that they're a great team, but you know they were really competitive against Louisville for a half, and then Louisville kind of buried them in the second half. I expect our game to go a little bit like that game. I hope the margin is a little bigger than that game. Louisville only ended up winning 39-34, I think, or 38-34. But um, I think Georgia Tech covers. I'm, obviously, I'm not going to bet that. I'm never going to bet against Ole Miss. But um, I'm just concerned that we, we've we got guys out at skilled positions. Um, nobody has stepped up yet in, in their absence. I, I trust some of those guys in Jordan Watkins and Dayton Wade. But are they really elite playmakers and guys that you can count on, you know, on third and eight um, or when you're behind the chains? I, I'm just – I don't know. It was great for Treg to make an appearance last week. As Zach said, hopefully he continues to do that because God knows we need him to. Um, I just – I need to see our offensive line take a step forward. Uh, last week was pretty discouraging. Um, mm-hmm. On the defensive side of the ball, though, look, I, I thought we played really well. Uh, Dude, Tulane's pretty pretty good offensively. And look, those, even with the backup quarterback, halftime adjustments. Yeah, yeah. Even with a backup quarterback, that guy's not bad at Tulane. Like you know, he's not bad. Um, Tulane's got some some pieces at receiver too. So uh, it was good to to not play well and still win by margin. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know that we can do that again this week and expect similar results. I think you're just kind of rolling the dice if we don't put together a really good performance. You know, Georgia Tech can make it uncomfortable for us late. So I think we need to set the tone early, try to put them away if we can in the first half. And if not, just salt them away late. Get the running game going. Let's get Quinchon mm-hmm. going. Let's get Jam going. Let's get the Bentley on the outside. You know, let, let's use the, the the running backs in the screen game. Let's hit them on some dump passes. I just – Please. I feel like the offense has been uh, – has been lacking in creativity to put it generously. So yeah. maybe we get a little more creative this week. Um, What's the best we, medicine for a bad offensive line? A screen. A screen. Yeah. Or a draw. Something. Help them out. Um, so I don't know. Hopefully the offensive staff did some self scouting last week and, uh, you know, we come out. It, it Look, it sounded like based on Kiffin's press conference that he was really displeased with our effort. He, I think put some of that on the coaching staff, some of it on the players. So hopefully, you know, after a, after a win and a week of of building on things that we did do well against Tulane, we come out on fire early and just put Georgia Tech away. Uh, I'd never take the the number here. I think the the Rebs win, but I, we need to get in and get out and stay healthy. Yeah, there's not a whole lot I can add to that other than to say, you know, if it happens once, maybe it's an anomaly. If this what we saw last week from the offensive line happens twice, it's certainly a trend. So we need to see something different. And I don't know if that's different players. I'm not very skilled at what I'm watching on the offensive line. Uh, I, I, it's just not what I'm great at. But I don't know if it's a player thing. I know we're, you know we've got some players that are not playing uh, now that played a lot last year. They're on, on the sidelines now. I don't know if they need to be out there. Or if we're not calling the right plays, or if we're just getting whipped up front. It certainly seems like the la- the latter one. But Whatever we do, 
offensively this week, it's got to start up front. And if we have another really bad week like we have, I, I'm not at this point like it. I don't know if it's fixable because clearly, if it was, the coaches would be doing it. So if we see it again this week, Georgia Tech, you know, manhandles our offensive front. It's going to be a long, long season because it's obvious that we can't do anything to mitigate those those you know losses up front. So that that's what I want to see. I don't have anything else to add. That's just what I'm watching for this week. I think the Rebs are going to win. I kind of think we're going to cover. I don't necessarily think it's going to be a blowout like last year, but I, I could easily see us by winning by 21, 24 points here. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth, Nick. I was going to say if the offensive line woes continue, then it's going to be a concern. Yeah. It could it's, just it's a, be – It's what it is. If we if right. it happens again this week, it, it that's what that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, last week could have just been like, hey, it was Tulane Super Bowl. I mean, it was on the road. Af, you know, that's not that's kick. not a bad D line. They had a pretty decent D line. No, they did. No, they had a plan. Um, Fritz is a good defensive coach. They're incredibly well coached. I mean, they have a great staff, especially for that conference at that level. Like Fritz is incredible, man. I mean, he's he's got a track record of success. They were ready for us. They wanted that game badly. Oh yeah. I mean that was yeah, they 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 had a game plan and they executed it. But Pete Golding was just better in the second half and Jackson Dart did Jackson Dart things and carried the offense. So um yeah, it's certainly a uh an interesting interesting game because of everything that we just said. It 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 obviously it could go one way or the other, but yeah, I, I if 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 I look up at nine o'clock and Ole Miss is up 28 points. I wouldn't be shocked. Um, all right. Before we get into the rest of our locks, um, I did want to remind everyone podcast is brought to you by our friends at USA benefits group, Drew Moak and the rest of the team over there. Hey, you know, it was a, a big, Week two for everyone, but the the NFL week one, it was a doozy. And uh, you know there could be could be some players out there that you know might want to look into cutting their health insurance premiums by at least twenty thirty percent. I don't know. It could be somebody <laughs> up in New York that might be looking at that. Um, if you're aging into Medicare and you need help finding a Medicare supplement plan. You can call Drew Moak of USA Benefits Group, 601-953-8449. He's an Ole Miss grad. He's located in Mississippi, but he's licensed in six other states as well. And uh, he works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage with access to 35 different carriers. He can help you with any and all of your insurance needs. That's anything from regular health plans, life insurance, dental, vision. Uh, I don't think he covers ivermectin, but Medicare, he's got it all covered. Now more than ever, it's critical to have a health insurance agent that is not only local, but also accessible. That's Drew Moak to a T. Call him 601-953-8449, or you can visit usabg.com slash D-M-O-A-K and get your free quote. All right. As we alluded to in the early stages of this here episode, the slate is not ideal. For the uh, our good buddy Jason Kirk, his watch grid was uh, was a tough scene this week. Oof. But I got a good one to start here. 
Okay, I was going to say, I think there is potential for good picks this week. Maybe not good games, but I think there's some good picks. So, Nick, you, you don't have one on the board yet. Let's get you one. I've got you a great pick, and it is an awful game. So, Iowa State travels <laughs> to Athens. They go they go play at Ohio. The over-under, I've got it at 42 and a half. The extra half point is key. Don't you do I'm it. Gonna, I'm just going to give you a quick rundown of what the uh, – the Cyclones have done this year. They lost to Iowa 30, 13 to 20, and they beat UNI, that's Northern Iowa, 30 to 9. Ohio has 2 and 0. They're 17 10 against FAU and 27 10 against Long Island. This is going to be an old school slobber knocker. Iowa State is not very good at football. They're even worse at offense. I, Ohio, not bad at football. Pretty good defense. They're going to slow it down. This is – you talk about, like, team Super Bowls. There's a Big 12 team going to Ohio. And I think we're going to kind of see this more in the future because, like, it's not as big of a deal, I think, to these schools to make, you know, a million and a half bucks uh, going and playing at, you know, Iowa State. It's it's way cooler, and I think they make a similar amount of money by drawing in someone like uh, Iowa State coming, you know, to Athens. We're going to see more of these games in the future. You obviously saw Ole Miss go to – Tulane, Ole Miss going to USA coming up, not in the not too distant future. So, you know, enjoy these games because who knows how long, you know, this type of football will last. But uh, this one's going to be ugly. Again, great pick, terrible game, under 42 and a half. Wow. Jeez. You want to talk about somebody that might also need to call Drew at USA Benefits Group, and that's Matt Campbell because, dude, you missed your window and you need to Man. just go ahead and retire. Yeah, you know, talk did. about living out in your days in Ames, Well, hold on, hold on though, hold on though, hold on though. He may be interested in something that happened in East Lansing, Michigan, this week. Oh. <laughs> I mean, like if, if is that a route they would take? I don't know. I mean, they I he probably not. are going to have a few names before him, probably. But surely, if he gets a call, he's got to go, right? Like this is it for you, man. Hey, got to go. If, if I had other this? options. And Michigan State called me at this point after everything that's going on up there in the last, I don't know, six, seven years. Dude, I, I'm not they, they, have, they have displaced Penn State at number one on the scandal power rankings in the Big Ten. Like, Michigan oh, with State, a vengeance. it's a runaway at this point. Okay, real quick. What if the folks up in East Lansing give Willie Fritz a call? What do you think? Mm. What do you think William's doing? That, that's what I would do if I was someone like Michigan State. I get it. He's kind of old. I mean, 63 years old, but I mean, oh, he's, but he's bouncing. Years. Yeah, yeah, he's bouncing for sure. I, I just don't think D'Antonio Dan, Dan was old. Yeah. Dude, mm, what, well, Dan Dan Antonio. I think a better one. What about Leipold? Yeah. And they call it with, yeah, yeah. That'd be a good pick. I mean, that'd that'd be good, good choice. Um, the hot board that was out earlier today, uh, Via our buddy Andy Staples, Sharon Moore, who's the OC at Michigan, young That's up not and coming happening. coordinator. Yeah, no, no, but no like way. his name is going to be a hot name. That was a favor for an agent to put him on the list. It had to Probably. be a coordinator at Michigan to to Michigan yeah. State. I just no way. I don't um, think either fan base would allow that. Here's another juicy one: Brian Hartline. The OC at Ohio State is no. somebody going to give him a chance at being a head coach just to get nine five star receivers every cycle? No way, man. They have to go power five head coach. They have Big Ten. Money. Yeah. 
Yeah. The other they're, also, they're like the seventh biggest school in the Big Ten, too. It's not we're not talking about Northwestern here. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They, they made it. They made a college football playoff. Yell. I'm not knocking you. You're just reading the list. <laughs> yeah. Yell at like, Andy, not oh, Jesus, me. Yeah. Like, Go to hell. Shooting the messenger here. But this is I, like I when like... Ole Miss has a job opening. People are like, they need to call call yeah. back David Cutcliffe, call Seriously. Billy Brewer, yeah. they Troy been, Calhoun. Been, like only like 17 teams have been in the college football playoff. They're one of them. I like, know. They yeah. they made that, and it, if now, Ole Miss hired. Of uh, Mississippi State's offensive coordinator, I, yeah, I'm out. The other, the I other did names... that one time in like '93, except it was Joe Lee Dunn. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. No Three year old me was out. No headset. They had to tell him he had to wear shoes. <laughs> Goat. Um, the other names on the list: Alex Atkins, who's the OC at Florida State. Dave Clawson. Little slow mesh up in East Lansing. How about I that? I just don't think Clawson's got a bounce for that. I don't. I think he kind of is a fit nah. at Wake. He's he he's good there. Willie Much Fritz better is on lifestyle there. in um, Salem than East Lansing. For sure. I would call Probably. one of the Kansas coaches. I would call for sure. Yep, Me Kansas too. or Kansas State. Okay. And I would say bring your thing up here. Let's here are the do last. It. Here are the last two. Jamie Chadwell, who made probably the most head scratching move of all time, but ultimately it came down to money. He went from Coastal to Liberty, which I, I guess I'm with Jamie. You'd have to pay me a hell of a lot of money to go to Liberty. Um, and then Sean Lewis, who is uh, the OC at Colorado, who was obviously making waves early. Michigan State could hire Dion. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't call Chadwell either. I, I, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't either. Why would, would they need to hire Dion's coordinator? That. Well, it, I don't want. I don't want to get too off track here because we we got some picks to make. But <laughs> yeah, where do y'all put yeah, Michigan sorry. State? Top top twenty five program. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, it's yeah. similar to Ole Miss. No, no worse yeah. than thirty, right? I mean, yeah, would y'all be 30. upset? Yeah. Would y'all be upset if we called Colorado's OC? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would be upset. Now, Sean Lewis was a head coach. Sure, Power Five coach. Freaking Lane Kiffin, dude. Like, would y'all be upset if we called Jamie Chadwell? Yeah. First, yeah, yeah, yeah for he sure. was on the list when, when Giffen was looking to leave. Michigan I mean, dude, State it, it, was paying Mel Tucker a hundred million dollars. Exactly, they have money. Exactly, you you have yeah. to call a sitting Power Five head coach first. They are five guaranteed. Well, he's not getting it anymore, but they are in I the think tier. This is all set up for to get rid of him because it won't oh, work. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Yes, they, they found any reason. To, I mean, don't get me wrong. He may have done all that. I don't know. Mm. But wasn't there like a pre-existing relationship? He it, admitted to doing it. That's what he says, yeah. He says they had a relationship, yeah. Yeah, and so they're just using this because it's their out. If, they if knew anything, the direction it was headed. If anything he says is true, and, and I mean, obviously he did some, some wrong things, but I'm saying if anything sure. he says is yeah. true, that they were like friends and it talked a lot on the phone, and then like mm. she texted him, Happy Father's Day months after that. If anything he says is true, then they're a hundred percent doing it to just get rid of him. And, he, and, yeah. and he's gonna get some of that money if some of that's yes. true. He's yes. gonna get some of that buyout. Oh yeah, they're gonna and, he's and, gonna negotiate like twenty million yeah. out of them. And if you're Mel Tucker, I mean, and, and why would you not just be like, Look, I don't need the eighty five million, how's twenty and I'll go away? Yeah. I mean, why would you not? I would sprint away with twenty million dollars. Of course, I guess you, right. you don't have your reputation, but you're probably not getting that back either way. Just to be honest. All right, I've got a pick. All right, yeah, I was gonna say I don't think Dion would take that job because at least Boulder is nice. 
Like, yeah, that's it's a- already it's already cold in Colorado. I don't think he's going like I used to work with someone that went to school at Michigan State, and I mean they talked about going to school and like the snow drifts were like above their heads. I don't think he'll take that job simply to wait on a bigger one, but that would be a step up from Colorado. Plus that part of the country, dude, East Lansing and their campus and shit. It's like the Soviet bloc. It's like going to school in fucking Uzbekistan. Yeah. There's no flash up there in East Lansing. He could get that at college station. Yeah, exactly. It's like, what's his name? Um, Anyway. All right. So let's go to Troy, Alabama. Yeah. And Mm. I'm going to take, the Dukes of James Madison plus three Ooh. at Troy. Let's go. You're not a big on, Troy guy. You know, I like Troy, but I'm just a bigger JMU guy. Um, and my man is uh, a big fan of the number four. Yeah. That's so a, uh, James Madison. Uh, <laughs> so Troy got wrecked last week. Look, Troy may end up winning the game. I mean, they could win 28-27 in James Madison covering. You get three at BetMGM, so I'm going to take three um, there. But uh, James Madison's good. I think they – have they already beat Virginia this year? I can't yeah. – not that Virginia yeah. did. Yeah, but, yeah, they did. But, but, you know, that's a power five win for them. This is a Sun Belt matchup. I think they're probably the, the class of the Sun Belt. Um, or at least, you know, very, very tip top of it. So um, give me uh, the Dukes plus three at Troy. Um, and, and you also have to just do a, a body blow game. Troy coming off the the uh, Kansas State who plays physical game um, back the next week to play probably their toughest opponent or top two or three toughest opponents in conference play. That's just hard to get up for two weeks in a row. And not only that, but coming back to get up for this after getting leaned on by larger players, more physical players. Um, I like James Masson to cover. No, I like it. I also like the fact that it's, I mean, it's bullshit that JMU can't compete in the conference championship, but I think because of that, they treat every one of these games like it is a championship. Like, yeah, yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over to see Cody Allen and the crew to take on the challenge of their wide, plush Zoiza fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They have two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, a driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up the short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranch.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. That's Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. This podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals who can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension, and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies as well. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn about this and more at bluffcityadvisory.com. All right, I'm going to hop on the board here um, with this one. Uh, Nick already mentioned it earlier in passing. We were talking about the uh, shakedown in East Lansing. Uh, I am going to lay the points with our friends in Durham, Bull City. Give me Duke 
which is now turning into are they turning into a football school with Elko in the bunch? Some um, people are saying it. Some people are now, saying I wouldn't be, it. I wouldn't be upset if Ole Miss called him. He's nope. good, man. Mm-hmm. He is a hell of a coach. Uh, I am seeing 18 and a half across the board. Don't care. Northwestern is abysmal. Um, that, Elko strikes me as a guy that is going to have his team ready. They're not going to take Northwestern lightly, no matter the controversy in the offseason, how bad what, they what, are. What's I Northwestern think- done since their first opener? Do you have that on hand? Blew out UTEP. Um, they have yeah, that won. didn't do anything for me. They lost to Rutgers 24-7, to and then they beat UTEP 38-7. Why is this game not just a repeat of the Rutgers game, but but Duke is better? Yeah. I, people think Riley Leonard is a legit top five quarterback. Um, he's certainly got a lot of NFL buzz. The defense is legit. Uh, they held Clemson to seven points at home. Um, I, They were... Northwestern was god awful on the road at Rutgers, and that's a below average Rutgers team at best. So, like Nick said, yeah, I mean, this is basically that game, but you're playing a Duke team that is good. Um, yeah, I, I like Duke by at least three scores here, um, three touchdowns. Um, mind you, I, I yeah, come on, this is I, I feel like this is just begging you to take that. So I'm locking it in. Yeah, I like that. I think Elko is too good of a coach to let Duke um, do anything other than just blow the doors off Northwestern, who is terrible. Uh, that's a good segue to my next lock. There were so many trash picks that I wanted to make, but I'm going to go with this one. Um, so Northwestern, who is awful, beat UTEP last week by 30. So UTEP is now on the road at Arizona this week. And I'm going to be laying the points with Arizona. Let me take uh, the Wildcats minus 18 against UTEP. If you watched Arizona against Mississippi State, you know that every time Jaden Delora drops back, it takes years off of your life. I mean, he can throw four picks in a game and then also have five touchdown passes. They have really good wide receivers, actually. Like, like I think a couple of NFL guys out wide. They got the Jacob um, Cohen kid. Yep. Um, yep. The, and then the big Cunning. man, the McMillan. Yeah. McMillan, yep, they uh, they got some weapons, man. UTEP doesn't have anybody on the roster that can keep pace with those guys. So Arizona, you would think, now that they're back home after going into overtime with State last week, licking their wounds a little bit, we want to right the ship and get back on uh, in the scoring column or in the win column, rather. I, I just think this is a complete mismatch. Three touchdowns is not unreasonable. 42-14 Arizona. Just a great pick. I think UTEP may have quit too, man. I watched them in week zero against Jacksonville State. They had a chance to win that game. They probably should have won the game. Their coach is a moron and cost them the game. Then huh. Last week they got blown out by Northwestern. And afterward, their coach apologized to the players in the press conference um, because he was so bad. Basically said, I'm terrible. I'll do better. I just, it's not something you can switch on and off. If you suck, you suck. And they suck. What's the line again? I'm sorry. 18. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good pick. Ooh. Eight. Uh, let's see. I can get you 17 and a half. Oh, yeah. Love that. All right. My turn? Go. Go. 
Okay, I am headed. We've talked about him before. We'll probably talk about him at least once more if I had to guess this season. Uh, it's where both Big Noon and College Game Day are going, which I don't – just an aside, I don't know why College Game Day <laughs> is going to Boulder this week. They host I think, UCLA I think Big like Noon kickoff just lives in Boulder now. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're going to host a bigger game. Even if they were to lose between now and then, they're going to host a bigger game than Colorado State at 9 o'clock at night. That we, I, I don't understand this. Colorado State's not any good at football. But what I am going to do is go ahead and lock in under – let's make sure I get the, the number right – under 61. And I know you're thinking, like, well, I don't know, they give up a lot of points to TCU. Uh, Colorado State's not TCU, okay? They gave up a lot of points last week to Washington State. They're going to give up a lot of points this week to Colorado. What they're not going to do is score many points on Colorado. It's just not a great football team. It was 74 points last week against, against Washington State. I get that. Um, they're actually coming off a bye, I believe, which is a, a little early in the season for a bye. Very interesting. But Colorado State's not good. Colorado they is good. Take buys every week. Yeah, I guess so. I, that's that's a very odd thing. But I I know Dion is like they've made it. He said that you know Colorado State made it personal. I think he just does that stuff because he can post it on Twitter and it, and it looks cool. I don't think they actually truly care. The Colorado State's coach was talking about. Uh, how Dion needs to take his sunglasses and hoods off at a press conference or whatever. I just think that Colorado is just a lot better than Colorado State. And I, I I've watched a lot of bad uh, Colorado Colorado State games. I think this is a, still a bad Colorado State team and a pretty good Colorado team. Under 61 and a half. I think this game is going to be like 42 to 7, 49 to 7. Yeah. The only thing that would worry me is Dion padding Shadur's numbers because he is clearly campaigning for the Heisman for him. They're, they're leaving him in the, yeah, yeah, they're leaving him in late. He's exposing him to injury and you know garbage time just to pile up numbers. So I would just worry that Shadur throws for you know a touchdown with like thirty seconds left and Colorado goes over fifty by themselves. And they very easily could do that. I mean, they they you know they'll put up some points. I just think, I don't know. I mean, you look at it. His over under is three three forty one and a half. By the way, so that's a pretty it's a pretty crazy number to, yeah. to have as your over under. I just don't think Colorado State's going to score hardly at all. So, yeah, and you're suck. right. That is a that is a point. But hopefully, they don't. You know, Colorado's not breaking 50, 54. So, yeah, I've uh I've got my third. Unless Zach, do you only have one? Yeah, Nick and myself and you need one more. Fire away, big man. So, for pick three, we're going to go to um, Champaign, Illinois. Ah, I see. I see. I see you working, dog. <laughs> and we're going to lay fourteen and a half with Penn State. <laughs> I love it. Um, does, can anybody tell me who Illinois' leading passer is? Well, it's it I know who their leading on. rusher is, yeah. and it's the same guy, isn't it? Same guy, <laughs> yeah. same guy. And and so look, Illinois—they got wrecked. I, no, don't get me wrong. This is this is against my religion to um, take it. It's it's really a knee jerk bet because Illinois goes to Kansas. Who's not bad, frankly, um, and uh, or at least they didn't look bad last week. Illinois gets kind of blown out. The score shows better than 
what it actually was. Um, and they come back to play Penn State, you would expect, one would expect, the line to be more like 20 and a half, 21 and a half, and not just 14 and a half. I don't really care. I don't think Illinois is any good this year. And I'm a Bielema guy. Like, y'all know that. I take them a lot. Um, this is not the year. It has nothing to do with Luke Altmeyer. I pull for Luke Altmeyer. Matter of fact, other than this pick, I'll pull for Illinois all season long because I like their coach and I like their quarterback. But I, I don't I don't see it here. Penn State's very good, and, and their quarterback is having a really good year and going to be a Heisman-type player mm-hmm. either by the end of this season or next season. So uh, um, Drew uh, Aller he, is that dude. Ahead. Yeah, he's very good. I mean, he's like a, a future number one overall draft pick good. And so, um, yeah, give me Penn State pl- – my, or excuse me, minus 14 and a half on the road. That hook is a huge number, but I just, I'm seeing 31 13 Penn State wins. And it, I think that's right on the total number. I think the total is 43 and a half. No, it's 48 and a half. And I, I think it goes under 48 and a half. So uh, give me the Nittany Lions. Penn State is 4 and 0 against the spread as a road favorite since last year. So I like it. Yeah. All right. And Drew Aller is like Ben Roethlisberger big, dude. He's like huge. He might be like what Christian Hackenberg, like the hype he had, but I think Drew Aller is yeah. actually going to be legit. Yeah, um, yeah. He he may be what Franklin has been missing at Penn State. They've had elite running backs, really good receivers, crazy good defensive players, but they haven't had an elite quarterback under Franklin. This This may be the guy. Was Saquon got, under Franklin or was he yeah. before Franklin? Yeah, he was. Yeah, and they got and they got two dudes at running back right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Dude, Franklin had Saquon and Miles Sanders. <laughs> I know. This may be his his chance to make a run and Michael Parsons championship. And Michael Parsons, yeah. And oh, Michael yeah. Parsons. Uh, all right, who's ready to get weird? I'm Here ready. We go. Let's go. And by getting weird, I mean jumping on. A big line when a team is coming off an emotional, monumental college football playoff signature win. Oh god. That's right. We're taking on this. Oh. We're going we're going to DKR <laughs> to Austin, Texas, and we are keeping it weird, baby. Wyoming <laughs> will be in town, and I can get it at 30. So lock me in for That's Wyoming so plus 30. Wy- uh, Wyoming could do the funniest thing ever. <laughs> oh, oh my, my God. God. It would be my, hilarious. My entire kingdom for that to happen. <laughs> um, Wyoming is 4-0 against the spread against AP-ranked teams since 2016. They have covered each of its past three games against Texas. Um, Texas is winning this football game. Texas is I, – I, I, I did the whole the whole intro there, and I'm poking fun. And I, I thought the whole thing with Matthew McConaughey being on Pat McAfee's little sideline circus bullshit was cute and all that and whatever. But Texas went to Tuscaloosa and whipped Alabama, and that was a big win, and I think Texas might be legit. The jokes might be running out at this point, but this is a just textbook snoozer where Wyoming is going to just 
absolutely sit on the football as long as they can. They're going to shorten this game. Quinn Ewers and company are going to handle it. Give me 30 points, though. I mean, come on. This is, uh, I mean, what are we, what are we even doing here? I mean, this is, this is a classic Craig Bowl. I mean, this is like a reverse crockpot game here where like they're going to try to shorten it and play keep away. And maybe it'll work for a little bit. I think it's going to work enough to cover 30 points, though. I like it. Especially, I mean, after last week, Texas is sky high, and they have oh, yeah. low Wyoming coming into town. They've had, they've had Kevin Durant and Drake on campus this week. What aren't they? What are they? Two weeks away from the OU game? Is it not in it in early October? Maybe three uh, weeks away. So like the, they've got Baylor the, next week. Point is, they've Kansas, got some games coming up. Okay, they got some games coming up. So, I mean, like you said, you can't play up for every single game. I also no, think weirdly that that teams don't take Wyoming seriously for whatever no. reason. Yeah, and Wyoming's not trash. I mean, I don't no, think no. Te- Texas Tech is great, but I mean they did beat Texas Tech in overtime. Yeah, and, and Wyoming's look, built to cover a number like this because they can shorten the game. They're just going to run the ball yeah. three times, punt and play defense. I mean, man, if you told me this game was like like thirty one six, like okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, and also maybe this is me trying to talk myself into it, but. I kind of feel like it can go either way with like a late kick where like Texas has all day to sit around all day to watch the highlights from last week. They got all day to just hang out and do whatever. Like this is almost a game where I bet Sark is like, I wish this was an 11 a.m. kick so we could get out there and just play. Yeah, get it over with. It's on the Longhorn Network if you want to watch it. Well, I will still not be tuning in. Yeah, are they keeping Parent, that next year? On ESPN's site, it says LHN. I don't I'm think they're keeping that. For, I think it's the SEC. Obnoxious. They don't need to. I mean, I correct me if I'm wrong. The Longhorn Network was initially created to combat the SEC Network. as like, we yeah. got our own channel. Yeah. How'd that go? I yeah, so not. Yeah, yeah. All right, Nick, take us home. All right, all right. Here we go with the final one. I have, um, I mean, I, you know, I honestly don't know why I didn't call it earlier. The, the one of these teams in here is actively bad. The other one is a decent team that played okay against Penn State. Uh, it's the Eat Shit Pit game, backyard brawl, West yeah. Virginia hosting Pitt. I, the line opened at minus one. It's moved to minus two and a half, which is good for me. Let me rephrase which is good for me in terms of people are on my side here. I don't really know why the line's so small. I don't think Pitt's very good. Like, I don't know what part I'm missing about Pitt lost to Cincinnati, who is not a good football team. This is not your like, very slightly older brothers Cincinnati team. They're not good. I mean, and they lost to Cincinnati last week, 27-21. I think West Virginia is, like, decent. I mean, they, they you know, played some decent football mm-hmm. at times against Penn State. I don't really get why the line's so small. It's at West Virginia. You're telling me if this game was in a neutral side, it'd be at Pickham? Yeah, get locking in the ears. The ears? Mountaineers? Yeah. West, but, West Virginia, take me home. Even crazier, Nick, it opened with West Virginia as the dog. That's – that's abs- oh, what are we missing here? West, like, I don't know. It's West Virginia, I think people have in in their mind, they're like a Big East team or something. 
I mean, they're a power five program, and Pitt is Pitt. And, I don't know. and one of the most hostile home field environments in college football, and especially for this game. Like this is oh, going to be banana. There will be couches burning at breakfast on Saturday. I'm I'm so thankful that in the tram on campus won't even run out of just safety precautions. It should, yeah, hundred percent. No, no reason to. I can't. I can't wait for this game. I hate our games at the same time. Of course, like the one time I'd like to be watching the game, we we're also playing. Yeah. But this game, this game is gonna be a fun one. This is like you talk about like old school college football. This is the type of game we're talking about. This is a fun one. And last thing about that, Nick, if people are just box score watching, they may have thought that West Virginia in Week One against Penn State was a lopsided loss, as we know because I was on West Virginia. Franklin scored with six seconds left to yeah, cover the spread. Yes. Oh, West yeah. Virginia hung around that entire game. That game was so much closer than the final score indicated. Yeah, four score game at the end. I guess three scored te- technically with some, you know, two point conversions. But like, well, it looked game. like a beatdown. It was not a, it was not that a- beatdown at all. No, West Virginia is not a bad team. I just don't know what I'm missing here. Maybe the line stinks, but like, typically lines stink on the road. And you're like, wow, how's that team only favored by two points? They're so much better. A line sneaking at home? Give it to me. Yep. All right. There's your 12 locks for week three. Um, Yeah, last week the group went, let me count them up, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and four. Um, Everyone knows you take two off the tee. You know what I mean? First week didn't count. <laughs> Breakfast ball. Um, yeah, Austin three and O Ben two and one Nick one and two. Uh, I, I was Nick. I, I did feel for you. I was shocked that the Texas Bama went over and it wasn't by much. Um, and then I can't believe I've taken this long to take this victory lap with the Oregon flag running around the track for everybody mm-hmm. to cheer for me. Oh, the, just God. the back door of the yeah. millennium with that one. Um, Look, I was on the right side of that Texas Alabama game. I'm sorry, but that was a low scoring game, like midway through the third quarter. Oh, and it was Texas what was just it? stopped. What was it? 13? Not scoring. Was it like 13 to nine? I need to go back and look at the the drive chart. I, I think they scored like six of the last seven possessions. I think there was three touchdowns in like two and a half minutes at one point. Yeah, it was just constant. So yeah, I, again, I was on the right side. Yeah, it was was it 13 to 9 or 13 to 6? No, it was 13 9 cuz Bama took the lead. Alabama Jalen Milrow throws a uh, honestly it was a pretty ball to Jermaine Burton in the corner and then Texas just boom comes back and answers and then after that it was it was off to the races. And they stopped they wouldn't stop answering. <laughs> just they Quinn, answered them so When yours was like, "Oh, this is sick. I can just throw the ball really far and my guys go and catch it." Yeah. Quinn Ewers, that was, like, that was his first good. the Xavier Worthy throw, the first touchdown, I believe. That was his first, I believe it was his first touchdown pass over 20 yards mm-hmm. in his career. Yeah. And then I think he had three on the day. Yeah, he yeah. might actually be pretty good. Yeah, yeah holding I, a 10 Zarge Manning gonna transfer. Take it. He should he, to you. He's gonna transfer to uh he's gonna take over Utah. for Michael Pratt. Oh, and, uh, that's actually a good call. Go to Uptown. I mean, the Mannings have like five houses over there already. Yeah, you could so. live at home. Yeah, yeah. Um, just a little easy commute. Um, yeah. I mean, look, it, Quinn Ewers. I, I think he got the haircut. Um, but dude, you're throwing a Xavier Worthy. You're throwing to Ad Mitchell. Like that, dude. 
that's good living, right? That's good, clean living right there. Um, I don't know if y'all saw the the clip of A.D. Mitchell, one of his touchdown catches into the Alabama student section. Did y'all catch when he he caught it and then looked at the remember student section me? and said, remember me? <laughs> yeah, that was great. That um, was great. It's, it's almost as good as, as remembering that A.D. Mitchell was an Ole Miss commit at one time. Oh, so, God. Yeah. Tough scene. All right. That's going to do it for week three, gentlemen. This was always a pleasure um, to chop it up with y'all. I'm already just geeked for week four. Uh, That podcast is going to be a doozy. The slate, folks, if you're listening, go ahead and give it a look. It's clear schedules for next Saturday. It's going to be phenomenal. Um, But that is going to do it for Hit That Line. Uh, If you haven't already, subscribe. Subscribe. to the YouTube page, the YouTube channel, OM Spirit. All the podcasts will be there if you would like a visual medium. This one is not a visual medium, but you could still give it a listen, give it a like, uh, smash that like button, as they say in the business. And, uh, of course, stay locked in at omspirit.com, an affiliate of On3. We will have all the news and notes leading up to Saturday's game against Georgia Tech, 630 SEC Network. So, With that, that'll do it for Hit That Line Week 3. Until we reconvene, we out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.